0: This podcast is a part of the Maisie Media Network, a community of podcasts for women by women. What's up, loves? Welcome to Destination Healer podcast, where we obsess over giving women the tools that they need to choose happiness and create joyful moments. I am your host, best-selling author and lifestyle blogger Ty Alexander, and I'm basically I'm basically your new wellness hype girl. So welcome to the party. <laughs> I'm so corny. Anyway, before we take a deep dive into today's episode, I want to remind you to be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes if you've enjoyed the podcast so far. You can also head over to our website, DestinationHeal.com, to explore our spiritual toolbox, which is filled with gems that I have curated to help you cultivate those much-needed life-shifting healing experiences. So as you can tell from the title, this episode has the potential... (laughs) It has the potential to become really heavy, but I'm going to try and not turn this into a tear fest for you because I want you to really receive what I have to say. And I think that my perspective and my experience of death is not the norm. And I always like to challenge people to receive a different narrative than the one that they've been used to using. So if you've never heard my voice before today and you don't know my story or you're just wondering, you know, why to tie, you know, shift gears to focus more on wellness, let me give you a little insight. My my life dramatically changed in 2012 when my mother was diagnosed with stage four lymphoma. From there, her health declined rapidly. And when I say rapidly, I mean she was diagnosed in July of 2012 and we buried my mother in April of 2013. And for me, it really does feel like she was here one minute and then dead the next. In less than a year, maybe eight months, my mother was snatched from our lives. But I have to credit my mother as the person who encouraged me to explore my own mental wellness. And she really opened my eyes to what death really is, and what death really means, and just how absolutely beautiful that time can be for the person dying, for you and your family, especially if death is greeted with patience and support and understanding and faith and love. Now, I do have a small disclaimer because looking back, I understand that how I got to experience my mother's death isn't exactly how everyone will be able to experience death. So this episode is more so, it's really to help you do the work now, just in case you're not as fortunate as I was and you don't get eight months to say goodbye to your loved one. When my mom was diagnosed as terminally ill, death became death became really real for us. Even though my mom was always the kind of parent that warned us about death, you know, she would say things like, you really got to write down this recipe girl because I'm not going to be here forever. (laughs) It wasn't something that I internalized in that way. Not in the way that I do now. Now I am very, very aware of the realities of death and how it changes people. And for me, each time death happens to someone I love or hold space for in that manner, I am changed in some type of way, usually for the good. I remember the last, you know, few months of my mother's life wondering, "Who are you? Who is this person that you're becoming?" Who like I don't even, "Who are you?" I had left my job and I was spending most of my days with her while she was getting her treatments at the hospital. And I think maybe it was about six months before she had died. But I remember thinking to myself, I just don't recognize her anymore. And it wasn't because, you know, the cancer had ripped away her long, gorgeous gray hair or, you know, shrunk her body down to this unbearable weight. But who my mother was inside of death had changed My mother was always this quiet, you know, a reserved woman, bougie even, very meticulous. Everything had to have a place. Everything was in order. Our house was super clean, never a dirty dish. Vacuum lines always in the carpet at all times. We didn't leave the house undone. We weren't loud and running about in the market. My brother and I, we were raised like uppity rich white kids, but like the Cosby kid version. And so when my mother finally accepted death, she changed. She became this kind of playful person, this just free and just she became free. She let me paint her nails this kind of bright, funky blue color where normally it would be nothing there or just a pearl because that's what ladies did, (laughs) She let me cook dinner for everybody all by myself like I was grown. <laughs> I was no longer her baby girl. I was just another human being experiencing death with her. We had the best conversations about life. I confessed a lot of things that I had hid from her as a kid. And she told me secrets about her childhood that I was surprised to hear. But now, knowing those secrets, her, she made sense to me now. She was, she was for the first time that I could ever remember. She was vulnerable with me, which if you have ever been vulnerable in any kind of way, you know, it takes a special kind of courage and strength. Just, it takes a special kind of courage and strength to be vulnerable. And now I looked at my mom differently. I could see the God in her. And so for as bittersweet as it sounds to say, like it, it, I know it sounds bittersweet as it comes out of my mouth. And it feels that way because in these moments, in these moments, I miss the shit out of my mom. But I know I would have had way more regrets if we hadn't have been able to bond in that way over death in that way. So here's what I need you to know about death and grief. Just be a good goddamn person all the time. That's it. I know it's hard. Life happens to you. It comes at you fast, as they say. But just be as good as you can be all the time. Show up for the people in your life that you claim to love. And when I, I mean show up and show out. Even when you don't feel like it. Actually, especially when you don't feel like it, because that's how that's how we, the receiver and the giver knows that it counts. Really quick story. A friend of mine called just yesterday and I was in the middle of what felt like I was doing everything. I was officially team too much. I'm putting on my shoes. I'm leaving the house. I'm calculating bills in my head. I'm verbalizing my shopping list. I had no time to talk to her. My plan was I'm going to answer the phone real quick, say hey, chat for a few minutes, and then I'm going to bounce. But when I answered the phone, I could hear that she needed someone or just a space. She needed a space to get whole again. So in that moment, I showed up for her. Even though I was <laughs> my version of real goddamn busy, I still showed up for my friend because that's what you do. Let me tell you what happens when you show up for the people that you love when you habitually show up for the people that you love, when they leave this earth, there is no mistaking the kind of love you shared. And that love that you shared transcends beyond life. You know for a fact, 10 toes down, that you did all you could for them. You were all you were supposed to be to them. All that you should have for that person. You were the best person you could be. The best wife, the best sister, the best friend. This this is how I'm able to exist in my grief without guilt. So my second gem for you actually comes from my mother, obviously. (laughs) She told me this right before she died. She said, Ty, she said, you have to live beyond my death. And it stuck with me to this day, you have to live beyond their death. One of the things I noticed about death was that right after the funeral and maybe, maybe a week or two later, it goes back to business as usual for everybody but you. A few people might call and check on you, but for the most part, people have paid their respects and they will move on. They feel that they feel that their responsibility of care for you is done. It's completed. And so for me, the guilt first showed up when business, as usual, was required of me. Money had to be made, okay? I had to do my job. And so I always felt like, for a while, I felt like I was dishonoring her life or something. Like, like, girl, she just died and I'm out here living it up like ain't nothing happening, my darlings, this is what is supposed to happen. And I remember my mom saying to me loudly <laughs> on her deathbed, literally, don't you stop living once I'm gone. I need you to soar to the top of whatever mountains you're climbing, check off all the things on your list, and make this thing called life count. My mother died doing a lot of nothing, didn't reach too many goals. She wasn't well-traveled. She didn't have too many hobbies. So when she said, make this thing count, I understand now more than ever. Each of us on this earth is made with greatness. We are made with greatness in mind, but we let the worries of the world stop us. And it was really hard for me. It really was. But I knew I could not stop living. I couldn't. So this is my last gem for you, and it might be the most important because, like I mentioned, everything that could possibly change in my life changed once my mother died. The hardest part of grief has been accepting the unending absence of her. Death is final. So I had to arrive at this place where I am always choosing gratitude over grief. I remember my first Christmas without my mom. It was utter. It was utterly painful. She adored Christmas, and I didn't realize that it was her favorite holiday until she was gone. Like her adoration brought out the most obnoxious decorations imaginable. Everything was gold and big. <laughs> and gold. <laughs> She had this big green tree that almost reached the top of her ceiling that somehow she managed to decorate in the same exact way year after year. It was literally like Disney magic to me. It almost looked like one of those kind of pre-decorated trees you get from Target. And of course, I could never help my mom. (laughs) I would just hand her the ornaments. And even as an adult, I hadn't been around in years to actually See the tree or help her put the tree up, but I resented the fact the option to help her was now gone. So I could choose to be angry at God about calling my mom home to the green pastures and such. Or, or I could choose gratitude. So the next year, instead of wallowing in my holiday grief, I decided to spend the holidays with the Broadways. <laughs> The Broadways are my family members from my dad's side of the family that live in Delaware. It's my dad's sisters my dad's sister and her daughters and their daughters. And so growing up, I didn't spend much time with them because we were always hanging out with my mom's side of the family. And I felt like I had missed a lot of memories with them. I barely know my dad's side of the family. But as an adult, I really became close with my Aunt Katie, which is my dad's sister. And when my mom died, my Aunt Katie promised that she'd take care of me and my brother. You could say that she's my favorite aunt, which is even more hilarious than that is that, or what's even more hilarious about that is that My aunt, without pause, (laughs) will also tell you that I am her favorite niece. I pride myself in this. Um, But she knew that I needed to be reminded that love was still present in my life. And when we're grieving, we sometimes forget that. My aunt also knew that I needed to be loved. And when we're grieving, sometimes we also forget that too. She was really there for me in the beginning to help me pick up all those broken pieces from the void of my mom. And sure, she can't put that fixture of love that my mom and I shared back together again. But it was really nice. It has been really nice to have someone help me carry those broken pieces along the way. My aunt showed me that living and loving others was the ultimate way to honor my mother's love. After that holiday season, I noticed how much happier I was. And I'm not perfect, so I'll admit to you right here and now that sometimes I still let my sad head spaces get to me. But I know for a fact that choosing grief and creating joyful moments has allowed me to work through my grief in a safe and constructive way. And believe me, we all wish Everybody that's lost someone, we've all wished we weren't members of this club where Facebook on this day memories bring you to tears. Where you have sweet dreams of your loved ones only to wake up and realize that that's a nightmare of lost. It's a nightmare of lost that really happened. Where each death anniversary feels like the first. Your loved one is gone. Nothing is going to be the same. And you need to acknowledge that. You need to accept it. This is what I have to repeat to myself daily, hourly, sometimes every few minutes. Because it is the truth. It is the plot twist that nobody told us. And that's why choosing gratitude is so important. and has saved me from breaking down at every moment of the word mom. So you can passively assume that through the years, everything will work itself out. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you today, that is a lie. This thing called grief is work. It's work. Every day, it's work. You have to consciously, consciously, repeatedly choose happiness and create joy that reminds you how to love and live again. I hope you loved this episode. If you did, please do me a favor and submit your review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you are listening to me today. Also, I kind of think you like me, like we homegirls and stuff. <laughs> so go ahead and subscribe to my podcast so that you can be the first to get new episodes each and every Sunday, even though today's not sunny it don't matter and I want to encourage you to share this episode on IG stories Twitter Facebook wherever you share it just just do your girl a favor and share it all right when you do make sure you tag me love Ty Alexander all over the internets and Destination Heal again thank you so much for listening today and until next time toodles